Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Skyping's Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. As many of you all know, I've been having vocal cord problems. And so by the time you hear this, I will have had surgery on my vocal cords and I have to shut up for two weeks. So we have been bringing back some classic episodes and doing some mini episodes to give my voice a little rest and also to, you know, revisit some things that are still, of course, present in our consciousness and in our society that I feel like I have grown, evolved into. And I think you all have too. (laughs) So that being said, This episode, Side Effects of Being Outspoken. You know, when I did this episode before, I did this with Levy Ajayi, and we did like a crossover episode. And so it was more of like an interview. But the Side Effects of Being Outspoken has filtered through a lot of our different episodes, whether it's Side Effects of Being a Black Woman in Hollywood, or Side Effects of Being Misunderstood, or Side Effects of Being Difficult, because ultimately, when you are outspoken, you can get labeled many other things that are considered negative by simply being a quote-unquote truth teller or a whistleblower. At this point, I consider myself a truth yeller because the noise of fake news is so loud that you can't just tell the truth anymore. It feels like you got to yell it, like you got to shout it, which is why I have to get my vocal cords fixed. And which is why I wanted to talk about this episode because we are upon an election that I think is probably, for many of us, the most important that we've seen in our lifetime. We are also seeing how so many of our peers, our colleagues, our family members are reacting. And I think a lot of us are a bit disconcerted by the way in which people are expressing themselves and the actions that they're going to take in response to this. Now, when we come up against this election, for instance, and we talk about being outspoken, you ask yourself, well, where does being outspoken fit in this scenario? What are the repercussions? What are the side effects? And there are a number that extend beyond just the immediate reaction. Now, in the first place, when you're outspoken about something like an election, you'll have people who simply just have a different opinion. You know, they have different politics, you know, so you might get into a quote unquote debate. I say it quote unquote, because oftentimes they don't have the facts. So you're not really debating as much as you're having an exchange based in their emotion-based argument that counters your fact-based argument. That can be really frustrating. It can feel like you're trying to convince somebody of the facts, which is like, you know, that's an oxymoron. Like, why do I have to convince you of the facts? They're the facts. So why do I have to, there's nothing I'm trying to like get you to believe they're there. So you either see them and ignore them or not. So that's one of the things that when you're outspoken and you decide to speak up, you decide to address apathy or you decide to address, you know, individuals who are speaking without context, you decide to address 
initiatives that are not for the betterment of the people, but that only serve the individual. When you do that, you inevitably are going to draw ire. And there's a lot of folks that simply don't want it. They don't. They don't want it because they're like, life is stressful enough as it is for me to be having to argue with idiots. And I really, really, oh man. Oh man, do I get it. And it is beyond my scope of comprehension on many occasions that, you know, somebody will come out their face and I'm like, how could you say that? (laughs) And then you find yourself in the conversation. You can be outspoken about anything. It doesn't have to only be about the truth, but I specifically rooted in the truth because what I need is for folks who know the truth to become more outspoken because it seems like right now we have more outspoken liars, more outspoken weaklings, and we have more outspoken uninformed people than ever before. And they are loud, but they're loud because there's so many of them. And that brings me to the other repercussion when we're not outspoken based in truth. We allow falsehoods, fraudulence, foulness to become the language of the people. And now it becomes where being true or not even necessarily being true, but also in addition to that, just being authentic or objective becomes the weird shit. That no longer becomes a part of just the main bottom line. That becomes now the black horse, the subculture, the revolutionary speech. And it always has been to a certain extent. Don't get me wrong. Like they always say, well, you know, the Jesus is on the cross. You know, like being adverse to the status quo has always been a significant part of people saying like, oh, like this is countercultural. But now it's to the point where simply just denying that a lie is the truth is considered countercultural because it's been going on now for the past three years in extensive amounts by the highest office of the land. And so many people have taken on this doctrine and you know, the reality of lying as like a regular everyday behavior is so normalized now that it's beyond me. It's beyond, again, beyond my scope of comprehension. So we, whether we like it or not become A part of the side effects of that, because out of that comes policy and legislation and just everyday exchanges with people that are now based in lying, that are now based in the inability to disagree without degradation, and that are now based in a lack of humanity and civility. And I think a lot of us, when we see people or hear people saying things that are just ridiculous, What we do is we say, that's just ridiculous. And we shake our head and we walk away. Or we shake our head and we scroll away. And we think that it's gone away because we've taken it out of our sight and because we've taken it out of our space. It didn't go away. It went in another direction. But that direction can still come back around to you. The the earth is round. (laughs) We live everything in cycles. So it seems very real. That even though you may have diverted that energy, that it can still come back to you, which is why I encourage so many folks to work on being more outspoken because we end up having to be the crusaders with our voices. 
when we don't have arms to pick up, that's what being outspoken ends up becoming. At this point in our social sphere and in the time that we are in history, being outspoken is a weapon now more than ever that is necessary to the protection of literally just civil society. We are being controlled. If you haven't watched the documentaries, The Great Hack and The Social Dilemma, you should. It speaks to the ways in which we as a society are being controlled and manipulated through social media. And whether you're on social media or not, you're still a part of the society. So inevitably you will feel it. And we're being shifted and directed and puppeteered to care about certain things and see certain things and acknowledge certain things. And in our immersion into this virtual world, we are forgetting our own humanity in many ways. And I've definitely seen myself be a part of that. I've definitely seen my outspokenness get wielded into a tool of negativity. And I've had to really wrangle that back because in that space, it ends up so naturally happening. And I've had to wrangle it back. And now I'm having to wrangle back my humanity in terms of just the way I exist outside of those virtual spaces. And I, I used to, well, before we had COVID, I would speak at colleges. And I remember like there would just became this trend where they'd be like, okay, so we're going to take questions from Twitter. And I'm like, well, we have a whole audience of people here. And there were more than one occasion where they would say, well, the audience submitted the questions to Twitter. And I'm like, but if there's people that are in here with us right now, why would they not answer the questions? And I ended up telling them, like I demanded that, no, they need to stand up and say the question out loud. You need to be in front of people because we are no longer doing that on a regular basis. And we're creating a society of people who don't know how to communicate. They don't even know how to take risks in speaking because they don't want to look dumb, et cetera. They don't want to get attacked. So they're trying to take your ability to speak away from you by creating places of fear. And even if that's not being done insidiously, it's still being done. And so we have to make sure that we continue to like challenge that by making sure that we continue to be outspoken in the face of that. It's even harder than ever now to do that in a human to human way, because we're simply not even having human to human interactions outside of this digital space. We have to get back to the analog of that. So being outspoken ends up having so many more aspects to it than simply just like, oh, damn, I'm going to be in an argument. You know, when I post things on Instagram, I'll know like, all right, they're going to try and come for me for this. And I've had to come to terms with the fact that me being an outspoken person means that I have to live my life a certain way. And it means that there's going to be certain things that are uncomfortable that I'm going to have to deal with but that those uncomfortabilities outweigh the uncomfortability of me knowing that if I didn't say something, somebody could be harmed, you know, but that if I do say something, it could prevent somebody from being harmed. I've broken up three domestic violence fights. I didn't have to use my hands. I used my mouth. And I've had people say, why would you do that? It's none of your business. You could have gotten hurt. I don't have it in my moral makeup to watch somebody be harmed and be able to, in any shape, way, or form, stop it and choose not to. I don't have that in my moral makeup. I don't have it. And it gets me in, quote, unquote, trouble quite a bit because a lot of people don't like that. They don't like that you're willing to do that because it makes them feel bad about themselves not being willing to do that. Unfortunately, 
it should inspire. Should inspire because your outspokenness doesn't necessarily have to be with your voice. I mean, outspoken can be with your pen, can be with your dollar, but it should inspire. That is what keeps me doing it because so many of you all hit me and say that it inspires you to be more outspoken when I'm outspoken versus the other way around. And I believe that if more people were outspoken coming from a place of morals and ethics and just the best of intentions, then we could be louder than these fuck idiots that are really trying to just shout goodness into submission, shout intellect into submission, shout compassion into submission. And you may say, Amanda, you're being hyperbolic, and I am not. There are women getting hysterectomies against their own will at the border by ICE. There are children in cages at the border. There are troops of policemen. See what I just said? Troops of policemen that have been given weapons to harm civilians by the president of the United States. There are governors who made willful decisions to not arm their states with the necessary supplies to help stop the spread of COVID-19. I can go on and on and on. All of these things are happening right now. And there are people who are saying nothing about it. There are even people who are supporting it. And in my most annoyance of spaces, there are people who are deflecting from it. And with all of these heinous things happening, I can't possibly be hyperbolic in saying that we are descending into madness at an alarming rate. And as a people and as a society who have still some people with morals and ethics and identities, our voices have to yell louder than ever. Let me tell you something. The genocide that happened in Rwanda between the Hutus and the Tutsis, you know, happened by and large because there was a radio personality who was using his voice to carry on the seed planted by Belgium in creating dissemination between these two tribes. And like this person with their voice, this is how this happened. When we look at the Rohingya Muslims in Asia right now and how they're being persecuted, that was people like going and going and going on Facebook and driving this rhetoric so far, so deep into their social spheres that it became something that people live by to where they really felt comfortable killing other people based on a religious difference people who had lived amongst them forever. So our voices are so imperative. Being outspoken is so imperative. And so many people around you will tell you, don't say shit because you shaking shit up. When I got kicked out that Emmy party, I literally had somebody I know that is in the circle and sphere of the entertainment business tell me, well, you shouldn't have said anything about it publicly. You should have just kept it in-house. Why? Why? Well, because then you wouldn't be getting such ire. And I know that like, I could have avoided that, but it disgusted me that people think they can behave in certain ways with anonymity. That disgusts me. It disgusts me that there are predators out here. There are narcissists. There are thieves that just do whatever the fuck they want. And so many of us feel like we shouldn't say anything about it because we are afraid legitimately for our lives, for our livelihood. We're afraid that we're not going to have more words to say when they come back. And I want us 
to look at ourselves in the mirror and ask ourselves, what do we want to do with our voices to outspeak the lack of insight and compassion and humanity that has now taken full hold? I know a lot of y'all are like, yeah, but Amanda, like you're confident, you know, and that's why you can be outspoken because you're confident or Amanda, you're in the entertainment business. So that's why you can be outspoken because you're on a platform. Um, or Amanda, like, you know, you're really educated. So you kind of have all the information and all of those things are valid, but you also have assets to yourself that validate your outspokenness. And you need to discover and and take a look and explore what those things are. Because, you know, as a Black woman, I always get asked, like, how do you remain outspoken as a Black woman when they're always trying to silence us? They're always trying to put us in this box of, oh, you're an angry Black woman and you're this and you're that. And I just say, you know, how do I do it? I just don't stop. I'm relentless. And when I say I don't stop, I don't mean like I keep delivering it the same way. I mean, I don't stop in that I like find other ways to get the messaging out. I find other methods. You know, in my journey as a creative and as a visible person and as a public figure, like I've also been evolving in my private space to the chagrin and doubt of other people. I I really do. And that has given me more and more tools to be able to shift the way in which I deliver this messaging. It's given me more and more insight into the ways in which I deliver this messaging. And sometimes you can't yell it. You gotta just ASMR it. Sometimes it's not about even speaking it. It's gotta be sung. Sometimes for me, it's not even gotta be sung or spoke. It's gotta be presented in text right? And sometimes it's, it's got to be visual. It's just images or, or art. But in my journey, I keep on adding new ways to speak to people, to get in the way of the tyranny that is among us. And I've been doing this when I was in preschool, y'all. I came home and told my mother, the teacher just told us that we're stupid. That was the beginning of me being outspoken. (laughs) When I was in high school, I had an art teacher named Mrs. Swank. Pardon me if I've told this story before, but it's valid again. And Mrs. Swank called a meeting between my mother, the dean, and the guidance counselor to discuss my behavior in class. And I was like, not really sure what this meeting was going to really be about but I didn't stop it. So they all showed up and my mom, you know, has my back. So my mom is like, all right, what are we here for? The Dean is like, Oh, you know, let's, 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 let's just get clear. Okay. So, you know, is Amanda not doing her work? Well, that's not the issue. Amanda just did a great piece that we are putting up in an exhibit. Okay. So is Amanda talking in class? Well, um, no, like she's actually a great student and, you know, she doesn't disrupt the other students. So what are we here for? Well, she corrects me in front of the other students and the Dean and the guidance counselor were like, what? Well, you know, we were doing a unit on Aborigines 
And I said that the Aborigines are a stone age people. And Amanda raised her hand and in front of the class corrected me and said that that was an inappropriate way to, to refer to the Aborigines. This is in 10th grade. And everyone was quiet. It was a room full of black people, my mother, Miss Cersei, and Mr. Little. And they were like, what? She was like, well, I just think it's inappropriate for Amanda to be correcting me in front of the class. And my mother was like, but the Aborigines aren't a Stone Age people. Why did that need to be said to you in private? Well, because it undermines me as a teacher. And the guidance counselor was like, well, that information enhances your educating of the students. (laughs) So this... This meeting went from being about like Amanda being a problem child and she was going to really just come in here and put me on blast. to these three other adults, thankfully being like, no, she's being outspoken and she's using her information and knowledge to stop the spread of misinformation and knowledge, which is what we are teaching here at the illustrious Dr. Phillips High School, home of the Panthers, never less than the best, four to the two to the seven to the six. And so we carry forth. And that has continued to be a cornerstone of my personhood, of my livelihood. And I wanted to talk about this episode because we are coming up against this election. And I need you. I, Amanda, I need you to ask yourself how you can be more outspoken in rallying folks to vote and to vote for a candidate that is not Donald Trump, to vote in their local elections, to vote for their senators and congresspeople, to vote as a means of life, not as a political partisanship. No, to vote as a means of life. And people will tell you, well, our vote doesn't matter. And you should listen to the episode side effects of the black vote with Latasha Brown, even though she's not just talking about black voters, but they'll say my vote doesn't matter. They'll say the presidency doesn't matter. They'll say all this doesn't matter. How the fuck, if you live here, if you live here, you can only practice cognitive dissonance, but so long your voice matters to be outspoken matters. What are we going to do? That's the challenge I give to y'all. As you're hearing this episode, I cannot speak. I physically can't speak. I've spent my life being the person who speaks for those who aren't being spoken for, whether they like it or not. And when I say they, I mean the people who don't want people who aren't spoken for to be spoken for. Honestly, in some cases, I'm speaking, I don't want to say on behalf because I'm not replacing their voices, but I'm speaking in advocacy of individuals who are like, we don't like you. And it's like, you don't have to like me. I still want you to win. I still want you to win. I'm still going to advocate for you. And I know a lot of us are afraid of guns. We are afraid of putting our bodies on the line in protests, et cetera. So you got to figure out what your weapon is. Because I'm going to tell you now, we live in a world where that's always been a part of the conversation. Like there's always going to be confrontation. And we have created a society that is so sensitive and afraid of confrontation that we are afraid to even save ourselves. We're afraid to even protect ourselves. And we have this thing, this mouth, we have this pen. Some of us have those pockets to do that. So to be outspoken 
Don't let them trick you into thinking that to be outspoken means to be difficult, that it means to be a detractor, that it means to be an obstructionist. It's actually the opposite. To be outspoken when it is rooted in integrity is to be, I mean, I, the only word that, it's to be magic. Because when you do that, you create a shift. And sometimes it really feels like it's going to take magic to create the shift that needs to happen. Expecto Patronum. A podcast network.